man, yours was so much better than mine. Um, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome again to another episode of My Weird Little Podcast. It's me, Tia. I'm here all the time doing podcasts all the time. Uh, we have Mitchell Routson, Mr. Spooky13, bestie of the podcast here, uh, famous TikToker, content creator, uh, worst cook in America. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today. How are you today? Oh, oh, you know, living the dream, the dream being Nightmare on Elm Street, that is. Yeah. Uh, spooky season is around the corner. It is not, spooky season. It is officially official. spooky season, yeah. madam. Yeah. It is. We are in the throes of spooky season. Halloween Horror Nights is going on. Not Scary Farm opens very soon. Very soon. Um, very we're gonna, soon. We're going to finally meet in person. Uh, I'm, and... I'm certain we've met in person before on the Queen Mary, but like, like, you were you were a ghost and I was a human. Yeah. But look how, you know, look how the tables have turned, you know? Now you're going <laughs> to be a ghost and I will be a human, I guess. Um, well, I mean, but, I, I, I'm I still a human, but, you oh, know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm <laughs> excited about uh, knots and, like, I've never been. And I know you're like... You've never been? I've never been to Knott's Scary Farm. I've been to Knott's Berry Farm I, when I was like nine years old. I can't believe you've never been. No, I, because I was always working for Halloween. I was always in. Oh, that's right. That's Halloween right. You're, you're always doing, yeah. Or in. HHN or Dark Harbor okay. or. I've only attended. Well, this is exciting. Yeah, I've only attended as a guest. One time I went to Disneyland during the day on Halloween. One time I went to the Queen Mary. And then as a guest, I have really not attended very many Halloween things because I'm always working. I'm like, I'm the one in the Halloween thing, you know? Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty excited to go like as an actual guest. So that's that's going to be really fun. I'm, I don't know. It's It's exciting. Yeah, and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be our VIP guide, and I'm trusting you to know all the ins and outs of everything, um, of, you know, the the farm. I don't know, do they call it the farm? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, whenever I reference not, not Berry Farm or not Scary Farm on, like, TikTok, I say my friends at the farm, so. <laughs> I like that. Um, you you're in luck because I know that event like the back of my hand. It's um, I've been going to Not Scary Farm since 2009, mm -hmm. but like it's my hyper fixation. So I know everything about Not Scary Farm, awesome. which, you know, is helpful because this year they've picked me to be one of their social media ambassadors. And for the 50th anniversary, that's a that's a huge thing for me. Like, I'm so excited. That is so and this, cool. this is going to be a big year. This is going to be a big year for Not Scary Farm. We've got three new mazes. There's 10 mazes total this year. Um, back in the day, they used to do 13 mazes, um, mm -hmm. but you know they went back, they went down to nine. Now they're back up to 10, um, five scare zones, four shows, including the return of The Hanging and the return of a kind of melodrama comedy show that they used to do back in the 80s called Dr. Cleaver. So that's big. Um, there's they're doing like scary food this year so they've got like a turtle pizza it's a pizza with like it has like a philly cheesesteak on top but like turtle steak meat on it which is really wild i did not get to try that i, I did try how i feel about that <laughs> oh oh i did i did try um gator sausage alligator sausage yeah. it was pretty good it's pretty good um they have camel stew this year Cam like, stew made of camel meat. They're very, they're like, very wild. For some like, reason, I'm like, are these endangered species? But like turtles <laughs> and camels are not endangered species. But like, no, no. my brain is like not allowing me to like think that it's okay to eat these things. But you know, that's just, <laughs> uh, that's it's, just my cultural bias. You know, <laughs> it's it's um it's as as far as I know, um, 
gator meat is actually very common, especially in the South. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had gator before, like a lot. I've had gator at Gatorland. So <laughs> oh, wow. um I do know that like turtle meat was very, very common in the Victorian era because um in Alice in Wonderland, the mock turtle, that's because turtle soup was very, very popular. So they would make what was called mock turtle soup out of, I want to say baby lamb, like veal, and mm. which even more, just, just cook the turtle, don't cook the baby yeah, lamb. Right. <laughs> um, but they would make mock turtle soup. Um, that's where we get the, you know, the mock turtle character in Alice in Wonderland is because in the Victorian era, they love to eat turtle soup. Um, I, I, besides the like scary meats, they have like some really good food. They have spook, spookgetti pasta pie. So it's like a spaghetti formed into a pie and baked again. So good. I, my mouth is watering just talking about it. Um, <laughs> and they've got these they've got these amazing funnel cakes of course my diabetic butt cannot handle a funnel cake so yeah. tia you and i are going to have to split one <laughs> we'll just split one between like the three of us because like i don't really do sugar. yeah yeah i don't do sugar either, yeah we'll we'll let we'll let pat have the majority of it oh he um, will. <laughs> but yeah it's yeah it's gonna be an amazing year um yeah lots of shows lots of lots of scares Lots of hidden like tricks and treats. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, no, me too. Like I, oh, you don't even know. You don't even know how excited. Uh, I I got a whole outfit together. That, I know. I can't wait. You know, um, you'll you'll just have to. It's this theme. It's a theme in my head that I created, and um, you know, you'll see. Um, I'm super excited. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I just want to eat a lot and you know maybe do some spooky stuff but uh i know knots is really known for their food so i'm like so uh, yeah <laughs> i'm like sad like i never got to go to like the very festivals that they have because that sounds awesome to me you know i i love the boysenberry festival i love how create because i'm not really a berry person mm -hmm. um because I don't like the seeds in the berry. I really don't like that. But at the Boysenberry Festival, like they've got boysenberry hot sauce, boysenberry barbecue sauce, boysenberry, like the way they, they infuse boysenberry <laughs> and everything, it's mind boggling. I am with like the chefs at Knott's, Knott's Berry Farm. And beyond my, you know, beyond being like an ambassador there, I've for years have been telling people it's, it's, it's an easier theme park to deal with. Like you park literally across the street and walk over versus like the theme park down the hall, you know, where you have to yeah. park and then take a tram in. Um, yeah. Right. The food's good. Every, every like person working there is so friendly and helpful. Like it's very much like a refreshing day out, but enough of that. We're talking about another old West yeah. experience, aren't we? Speaking of friends of the farm, <laughs> uh, we today we are going to talk about our favorite show. Uh, <laughs> and if it's if it's your favorite show out there, we can be friends. Uh, actually, the other day, uh, well, I'll just tell what show it is. We are talking about Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. <laughs> specifically the Halloween episodes, the first two. And mm -hmm. the other day I had my two friends over, uh, shout out to Robbie and Melanie, um, but they had never seen Dr. Quinn before because we couldn't decide on what we were gonna watch. And I was like, oh, well, I've been watching, you know, Dr. Quinn a lot lately, uh, prepping for this podcast. And they were like, what's that? And like my <laughs> head spun around. And I felt incredibly old. I don't think I'm older than either of them, but I felt incredibly old. And uh, the, the thing like, is, <laughs> the thing is, Dr. Quinn was on CBS in the 90s. And back then, CBS kind of had this like this 
it's the old person channel kind yeah. of mentality. I remember my grandma watched CBS all the time and I would be so bored with the shows on there, like Jag and things like that. And now I'm like, I can't get enough of it. I, like you and I, we watch, it's like a comfort show almost. Yeah. We watch Dr. Quinn, we watch Touched by an Angel, we watch all of these like, these shows that as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is so boring. But now I'm like, no, this is actually a pretty good show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, all right, we're starting from the pilot. And like the weird thing rewatching the pilot is like half the actors are different actors <laughs> in the pilot. Yeah. Which is like so strange to think about. And I forgot about that. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to explain to them that when we get to the second episode, it's going to be very different. Uh, and then, you know, if we continue to watch this or they continue to watch it, there's going to be another a uh, horrible, horrible change where they turn Colleen one into Colleen two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the better know. Colleen. Yeah, I mean, the better written Colleen. Like, I will give you that, but the, yeah, this is a point of well, I it's oh, yeah. <laughs> I the thing is the thing is Colleen one had little girl storylines. She had like, oh, I have a crush on Sully. Oh, um, I'm having a hard time adjusting to Dr. Mike's working schedule. She had like little, like spoiled little girl storylines. Calling to had the more like, I'm falling in love for the first time. I have to experience, I have to go out and go into the world and I'm scared for that. Like she had, she had the more womanly storylines. So that's why I'm like more into like calling to, cause I'm like, I, it's more, it's more like juicier storylines they gave yeah. her. Yeah. I, I know, I totally agree. I just, it bothers me that Colleen all of a sudden seems like two years or three years <laughs> younger. Um, the actress, in my opinion, is not as good as the original Colleen. The original yeah. Colleen seemed a little more, um, I don't know, she, like, she had like a dark side that like could have come out at some point, you know. <laughs> also, there was this whole episode about her not liking being fully figured. And like the boys at school making fun of her figure and everything. And then they cast this completely flat chested girl later on. And I'm like, so we're just going to forget about that whole thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's fine. You know? Um, but yeah, we should get into our episodes. So. Dr. Quinn medicine woman is set in the Old West. I believe it's set in 1870. It's set like post-Civil War. Um, and because it was a TV show in the 90s, it had holiday episodes. It had Halloween. It had three Halloween episodes. Um, it had a few Thanksgiving episodes and every single season had a Christmas episode. Um, the thing is, in they did have Halloween back then, but it wasn't like trick-or-treating... Uh, um, that kind of thing. Um, they did tell like ghost stories, but really Halloween was celebrated by kids like doing damage to property. Like they would like black out windows. They would steal the gate, the, the door to your gate. They would put your door, your front door on upside down. Like it was literally just kids wrecking havoc, setting fire to chicken coops. Um, and there would be a lot of like games, like fortune telling games, which they bring up in this episode of Dr. Quinn. Season two, episode three, titled Halloween. Each of the Halloween episodes is like Halloween, and then the next one is Halloween two, and then the next one's like Halloween three. So, yeah. They weren't pretty, very creative with their titles in the Halloween episodes. Was it you um, that I was, I told I was watching Halloween 2 and you asked me if it was the Rob and I thought, Zombie? And I was like, which one, the original, the Rob Zombie one? I'm like, no, um, of, of course it's Dr. Yeah, then, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, duh, Mitchell. So the episode begins with the kids. Um, Dr. Quinn has inherited basically three children, Matthew, Colleen, and Brian. Matthew is the oldest um, Colleen is the one that T and I have uh, our, our grand <laughs> feud about. Well, and Brian is the youngest. Yeah, Colleen one. Colleen one, and we're this both of these Halloween episodes involve Colleen one. Yes. I don't think Colleen two even got a Halloween episode. 
Um, <laughs> so all of the, the kids are in the barn. It's semi late at night and they are literally holding a seance. They're like holding hands and calling out to the ghost of, um, Running Arrow. They're calling out to the ghost of Running Arrow, which is this great Cheyenne warrior. And the legend goes that if you hear a coyote howl, a wolf cry, it's him. So they're holding hands like Running Arrow, and then they hear the wolf cry. Um, so then it moves on to Colleen, and Colleen wants to call on Abraham Lincoln. And then they're like, oh, do you feel that? It's chill in the air. It's him. What and then little bro- like, That's... Like, who picks Abraham Lincoln, though? Like, Colleen picks Abraham Lincoln because she's a goody goody. She's like little schoolgirl, you know. She opened the town library. She wants to, she wants to talk to him about things. Brian, of <laughs> course, Brian being the youngest, he wants to talk about to the mom. And there's like a moment where all the kids like look at each other, like, should we? And then like, they do, and, and you know, nothing happens. But as they're calling out to the mom, Dr. Quinn, like, kind of interrupts the sound. She's like, what are you all doing out here with her, like, I'm a British woman, but I'm trying to disguise my British accent. Like, like I love Jane Seymour, but honey, just do a British accent. They should have just wrote that she was from England instead of, like, Boston or something. Yeah, yeah. So she interrupts the seance. They don't, they don't feel anything for, um, for their their mother coming through and it, it it kind of affects brian and throughout this episode it's that the theme of this episode is really kind of being haunted by by memories um which as we'll see um so the next morning they're all having breakfast and you know harlequin romance novel model sully the mountain man is there like doing breakfast with them and the children are talking about the seance they had. And Dr. Quinn's very much like, ghosts don't exist. Don't be silly. Yeah. And Sully, I I love the character of Sully, but I also realize that, like, it's kind of, he's kind of a problematic character. He's a little machismo, you know, sometimes. Well, I, I yeah. think more that, like, that every, like, Cheyenne backstory we get is from Sully. Like, Running Arrow will tell us, not Running Arrow, I'm sorry, what's his name? The medicine man. Cloud dancing. Cloud dancing will tell us everything. Like, he'll tell us things. But most of the, like, most of the Cheyenne culture is explained to us through Sully. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. It's kind of like anime fans who, like, hyper fixate on Japan, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So... Sully tells them a story of he kind of explains and I looked into this too. I went into research mode. He kind of explains the Cheyenne belief in the afterlife, how they basically believe that um, we have two souls. One dies physically with us when we die and one kind of wanders and watches over the families, which is not explained in this, in this um, little breakfast nook talk. Um, Sully explains a God, Ukatanka, who watches over souls, and on a full moon, they leave out sweets to appease him. Very much kind of like, hey, does that remind anyone of anything? Hey, Halloween, trick or treat. Mm-hmm. Um, I went, again, I went into research mode because I wanted to like see the like basis of this kind of legend. Like, is this actually an, uh, like a legend or folklore that they share? I could not find a single thing. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. That just means that I my my research, um, yeah. my research kind of stops there. Um, so there, Sully's talking about like all of these like improvements he can do on the homestead. Um, Doctor Quinn moved into basically the home that Sully built for his wife who um, passed away in childbirth, and. And so, like, she's kind of cozying up to him, and she's kind of not okay with the idea because she feels like, like, she feels, she feels like she's there, but it's not really her home. So as she's like cozying up to Sully, and they're like about to kiss, a picture frame falls off a shelf onto the floor, and Doctor Quinn picks it up, and it's um, it's a picture of her and the kids, and it's like, ooh, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> <Kind of thing. laughs> 
Um, but during practice, they're also talking about um, Halloween in Colorado Springs. Like, what do they do? And the kids tell her, tell her, because this is, I think, her first Halloween in town. She's, they're like, oh, we have like a costume contest. We eat nuts and apples and sweets. Um, we do an apple peeling, where we peel an apple peel and we toss it over our sh- shoulder, and it'll tell us that it'll form into the initial of who we're going to marry. And Brian, the littlest kid, little S H I, he's like. Joey, you must probably gonna make a big old ass. And I'm just watching this. I'm like, you little. <laughs> Brian is officially Which, he's, he's the worst. <laughs> he's he's Sean Tuvey, if you are listening to this, um, I apologize for how much we're going to hate on Brian in this episode. He no, does grow. Yeah. He does grow in later seasons, yeah. but in the first few seasons, and especially in this episode, in this episode, he is a little jerk. <laughs> uh, so thing about Sean Tooby is he's actually married to one of my former classmates at AMDA. And <laughs> he came and saw my showcase at AMDA. And I'm sure <laughs> he is a lovely person. I did not get to meet him. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did one see of my- him in the audience, and I'm sure he's great. <laughs> one of my dear friends she used to be a skipper in florida's jungle cruise and i guess sean tuvey was a jungle cruise skipper back then too so like she knows him like personally so there is probably a chance that sean tuvey may somehow listen to this so again we apologize oh yeah um his wife marianne she's lovely too if they're still married great you know uh but yeah Brian has purposely written to be a little shit. I was watching the pilot episode the other day, and there's a lot of storylines where Brian's, like, actions cause really bad results. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and not only that, like, the whole whole thing is like, oh, Mr. Bray's such a grouchy old man. Oh, if I had a small child in my general goods mercantile store – Putting his dirty fingers through every single piece of candy in there, I would be a grumpy old man too. Yeah, right. Um, so, so Sully's very much like, oh, I can make a room for Colleen. I can do this, this, and this. And Doctor Mike says, I, I can't. I'm not. You know, I'm finally just settled in. I can't do this. And they kind of leave it at that. Um, the next immediate scene is all of the all of the students in like the elementary school sitting around talking about witches. And one of the kids is like, did they really burn those witches in Salem? Like teacher said, and I'm just like screaming at the TV. I'm like, teacher is lying to you children. There were no witch burnings in Salem. They were all hanged, not burned. They were hanged. Exactly. (laughs) And one man was pressed. Um, I have in my notes here, historically inaccurate, like underlined and circled. Yeah. So they're, they're talking, it causes them to start talking about like how to spot a witch. And I'm like, okay, some of these things I'm like, I'm like, okay, where did you get that? Okay. So like a witch will fiery red hair and they love to wear all black. And if you see them in a mirror, you'll see their warts. And water melts them. And then I look up when the wizard when the Wiz Oz was written, because I'm like, okay, that is a hundred percent from the Wizard of Oz. These children do not have access to this book yet. Because yeah. again, Dr. Quinn takes place, I want to say 1870. Wizard of Oz was written in 1900. That's when it was published. Mm. Um and that they love black cats. And if they try to get your clothes, that's so they can put a hex on you. So that they can they can fatten you up and eat you. Like, these kids are, like, bouncing back and forth. One thing I did notice is usually in the Halloween episodes, there's this scene where someone at the school puts a thought in Brian's head about, like, how he's going to horribly die. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. So, he's getting... He's getting he's getting like all wound up and like it ends with him just like like having this expression like what? And the immediate scene after that is kind of so in Dr. Quinn there's always a medical thing. It's it's part Western drama, part medical drama. 
And there's always a medical thing in each episode. So we go to the barbershop and Jake Slicker, the town, I don't think he's the town's mayor yet, but he's running his barbershop and he's shaving this man. And Lauren, Lauren Bray, the, the owner of the general store, he's just chilling there. Cause I guess they chilled out at the barbershop all the time. He's chilling there and he's reading a newspaper article about like, I have in my notes here, Lauren is reading a true, true crime blog. It's like, <laughs> it's like all about like this, like this gruesome murder that happened two towns over. And then like, Jake's like, well, gruesome things like that usually happen this time of year in in Halloween. And I'm just like, okay, Jake Slicker, continue just shaving that man. So he finishes shaving him and he's like, get up, sir. You know, if you're if you need a place to sleep, they rent out beds at the saloon, blah, blah, blah. And then like Lauren's like, I think he's dead. And then I, I noticed here, Jake goes into the man's pocket, pulls out two bits for the shave and then goes and gets Dr. Quinn. He's like, well, might as well get paid. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Um, so the the immediate scene after that, they're, they go from the, it's like, well, where's Dr. Quinn? She's at the general store with Brian and they're looking through costumes and um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of historically inaccurate again, because mm-hmm. back in back in the 1800s, if you were going to wear a costume for Halloween, it would be like it it would be like sacks. It would literally be like sacks, like hobos and things like that. Um, but she's like picking out costumes, like pirate. Or how about we put this bandana around you and you be an outlaw? And, and Brian's like, oh, everyone's gonna be an outlaw. And and then she puts a, a clown costume. She's like, what about a clown? And then little Brian's like, clowns ain't scary. Which I'm like, I have that written in my notes because I'm like, well, yes, that's correct. Clowns ain't scary. <laughs> and then Dr. Quinn grabs like this paper mache mask, puts it up to her face and goes like, <laughs> like <laughs> it was the most out of character moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian's like not impressed. She's like, what about this mask? Isn't it scary? And Brian kind of reveals to Dr. Quinn he's never had a store-bought costume. He's always had a costume that his mother sewed for him. So um, at that moment, Jake comes running in. Dr. Quinn, we need you at the barbershop. Um, and, and Dorothy, who is fiery red hair, she's wearing a black shawl because she is a widow – She's got, she's ticking all these boxes. She's intently watching Brian as this whole conversation goes on. So Dr. Quinn is hurried over to the barbershop and they have someone in the chair covered up and Dr. Quinn goes to inspect the body. So there's a dead man in the chair. Dr. Quinn goes to inspect the body and Lauren Bray, the owner of the general store, Jump scares her because that's an appropriate thing to do. <laughs> so I literally have in my notes here that Lauren, a man died in a chair just a few moments ago. You should have some respect for the dead. So I guess I guess Jake moved the body into like a bathtub in the back room. So they go back there to look at the body. It's not there. And Dr. Quinn's like, I am not having this cruel prank. <laughs> um Meanwhile, Brian has been left at the general store. And I have a note here, it's all Dorothy creeping on Brian. So, like, Brian's talking about how he, um, how he's never, you know, he's never had a store-bought costume. And Dorothy's like, oh, I just love Halloween. Like, it's very much, like, kind of getting us in the mood that, like, oh, Dorothy might be a witch. She's talking about how much Halloween's her favorite time of year. And then a black cat just shows up out of nowhere. And Dorothy starts telling like, I just love black cats. And then, like, Brian's like, I need to get out of here. 
Yeah, and like we've never seen a cat in Colorado Springs. We have Springs. never seen a cat in Colorado Springs. And then before or after this, you yeah, know? yeah. They mentioned that it's multiple black cats too. That like there's just black cats appearing at the store. Like, like um, I think Brian says something like, "There's been more like there's been cats," and I'm like, "Cats? I see just one cat." Um, so he's all weirded out. He's getting the ideas in his head that like Dorothy is a witch. Um, the next scene is in the homestead, and you hear like, oh, you get like, like wolf howling in the background, crickets chirping, it's lit by the full moon kind of thing. So, Dr. Quinn's in, in bed, and she hears a baby crying the sound of a baby crying, and she follows it, and it's very much like Crimson Peak. She's got like her, like. 1870s nighty on and like she's got her lantern and she's like going and it draws her to the barn and she gets to the barn the crying stops and then she sees a crate and the crime starts again and she goes to the crate opens it up and it's a rocking horse like a rocking horse that's been built and for a brief moment she sees out of the corner of her eye a woman like in like blue light and she just disappears and she kind of like startles her and um that wakes up matthew and i never realized that matthew slept in the barn like an animal <laughs> oh yeah i forgot i always, did that at first because he i always thought yeah i always thought that he lived like in the house of them no he sleeps like on hay in a loft in the barn <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i forgot about that I was like, okay. Um, and I said, I have a note here. Wakes up Matthew, who sleeps in lo loft in the barn like an animal. <laughs> um, so the next morning, Sully shows up again, and he's got like construction supplies to work on the the in, the building, not the building, the home improvement and dr quinn's she's not having it anymore so so they have like a little tiff like it's it's first of all he's like not wearing sleeves it's like oh this is for the ladies this is this is this scene is for the ladies yeah. you know sweaty byron sully flexing his biceps lifting up heavy like crates and things and dr quinn's like i just i just don't feel i don't feel right i just i just don't feel right doing this um like they have literally like three arguments in this episode about him doing home improvement <laughs> like just so brian go, goes sully. back to the <laughs> yeah yeah sully it's not gonna happen just yeah. stop um, so Brian's at the general store again. Like, why is this kid always at the general store? Does like he's just either he's either like like trying to eat all the candy, or he's like in one episode he like start goes through like a kleptomania phase and steals a toy train from one of the shelves. Like yeah. Mr. Bray has every right to shoo Brian out of the store with a broomstick. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> So he's looking for Mr. Bray probably to like steal candy from him. Um, and Dorothy's there. She's like, oh no, he's out getting decorations for the Halloween, the Halloween party. But she's fully cuddling with this cat now. The like, the cat that like mysteriously appeared one day. She's fully cuddling with it, carrying it around. And I have a note here, the cat distribution system. You know, this, the like, the meme of like a cat shows up. Well, it's yours now, the cat distribution system. Um, so Brian has like a little mirror. Cause remember, if you see a witch in a mirror, you can see their warts, which mm. I have never heard that lore, but <laughs> he's like, you got a little bit of, you got a little bit of dirt on your chin, Miss Dorothy. And Miss Dorothy's like, and he's like, pulls up the, the mirror to her. She's like, well, why don't you just wipe it off for me? Like she kind of pushes his hand out of the way and he's like, drat, foiled. <laughs> That's funny. You know, so kids, while this is all kind of make shit up though, you know, so who knows? Kids do make, yeah, they do make shit up because in Halloween, the, the third Halloween episode, these little boys on the schoolyard make up a total like urban legend story, get Brian all wound up and it was nothing. Like everyone in town's like, they're just making that up, Brian. Yeah. Um. So 
So while this is happening, Dorothy's like, let me get your jacket. I'm going to wash it for you. You've been so kind to me. I'm going to be kind to you now. And Brian, like, shits a brick. Pardon my French. He's, like, terrified because he's been told by the kids at school, if a witch gets your clothes, she's getting ready to put a hex on you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, no. And she's like, well, I'll give it back to you, silly. <laughs> And he did mention – he mentioned something, again, going with the theme of the episode, but my ma sewed it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of sets the, the plot third. The, the Dorothy is a witch plot. Yeah. The next scene is in the saloon with our favorite characters, Hank and Myra. Yes. Hank, my, my mom – I was watching I was watching this with my mom, and she sees Hank, and she's like, who is that Fabio character over there? Oh, yeah. Hank is, uh, I find him much more attractive than Sully. Sully's a bit much, and he's a bit, I don't know, they just try too hard with him, whereas Hank, like, Hank has, like, the actual bad boy thing going on, you know, and I don't know, I like him better, you know, but I'll, the thing know. I, the, the things I love about Hank are, yes, he is, he is a terrible person. We mm. cannot ignore the fact that he's a terrible person, but when his grandma visited town and he like had to put on a good show for her, and then at the end he just realized he just revealed to her, you know, I I I run the saloon. She's like, Oh, that's all right, my Hans. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Or like the one time we see his son, he's kind of an oh guy in that episode. And then they and know? then they ship the son away to a boarding school and we never it, see him again. <laughs> we never see Joseph Gordon Lovett again. <laughs> Yeah, we are going for those of you who have not seen a single episode of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. We just went on a tangent about like yeah. six different episodes. So uh, we're in the saloon. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was so gonna, we're in the saloon. Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to go on another nope. tangent. We're going to stop. Go, go ahead. on your tangent. <laughs> say it. Say oh, it. Oh, I was going to say when I was showing my friends the pie or the first, I think we watched the first three episodes of Dr. Quinn and like Horace showed up. I was like, don't fall in love with Horace. He's a bad person. And they're like, but he seems like such a nice guy. And I was like, don't like him. Don't like Horace. <laughs> <laughs> don't like Horace. No, Horace is Horace is a nice guy, but he's he he's someone who is very insecure about himself. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it comes down to. And he the character we meet in the scene is Myra. Myra's the person that T is dressed up as. She's she is the um, the saloon girl. She's got a heart of gold. She's under contract with Hank, so she can't really leave this kind of possessive relationship. Yeah. Um, Hank tells her, "Why don't you go uh, round drum up some business with his like cigar in his hand?" And he does the like the motion, yeah. and so she's like, "Okay, Hank." She goes to the table where there's this one guy and his head's down. And she's like, hey, handsome, want to dance? And then she, like, kind of pushes on his shoulder. You know, they're, like, very much tropish, like, sir, sir. And he, like, slumps over. And Hank comes up, and he's like, oh, this man is dead. And then he, like, looks around and is like, it was just an accident. That's all, folks. Just an accident. <laughs> so... They they take him out of the saloon, and Hank is running. Hank and Myra are running to Doctor Quinn's office. They put him like in the back of a in the back of like a hay bale on a wagon. <laughs> this poor man, like they're just putting him in like random places. Um. So while they're doing that, um. While they're trying to get Dr. Quinn to, like, see the dead man, and again, she doesn't see him. She's like, well, where is he? And then, like, Hank's like, I just put him right there. And she's like, did Jake Slicker put you up to this? Because Dr. Quinn thinks that everyone in town is just playing a mean Halloween prank on her. And she's a working woman. She doesn't have have time for this. Um, So we cut again to Brian... Brian... This is what I call the, like, the Halloween in town scene. Whenever there's like a Halloween special, they always have a scene set in the town showing Halloween decorations and like every house is decorated. And so it's outside the general store and there's hay bales, there's pumpkins. It's very like Halloween. And there's a big barrel of apples that a black cat is sitting in. Very not um, hygienic. 
um so so they like dorothy's like dabbing her face with like a hanky like brian's like warm day isn't it miss dorothy and she's like that it is brian that it is and then she like grabs the cat and starts cuddling with it again because you know it's the it's the prop they rented the cat they might as well use it in as many yeah. scenes as they can i wonder how so, many cat scenes they had to film <laughs> on like one day they're like we're filming all the cat scenes on we're filming cat all of the cat scenes today okay when today is nothing to, but nothing but dorothy with the cat <laughs> yeah when i used to do background when there was like they only had a, so many background people for a day because they had to pay us all they would like film all of the scenes with the background on the specific day and then sometimes they would like move us around so it always looked like there was more people oh yeah yeah and they had to sometimes change hats and jackets you know sometimes to seem like different people um you know yeah that's how i felt about this cat is that they're like filming all these scenes and kind of moving <laughs> it around you know making and it and they probably they probably had multiple cats too because like yeah. like this cat is for this motion. This cat is trained to look into the camera. This cat, like, yeah. like on, like there's certain things that the cats are trained to do. Um, so he has a glass of water in his hand. Like, warm day, isn't it, Miss Dorothy? How about I give you some of this water? And Miss Dorothy's like, well, that would be really sweet. And he does the worst child acting ever in this scene. When he's like, he like fully like takes the glass of water and like, tosses it in her face and he's like oops like oh i'm so clumsy and she's like well miss well brian it's the thought that counts none of the water gets on dorothy so he can't like test that theory either because yeah. brian's like going through all the like testing to see if she's a witch um and then <laughs> it's so funny so after he splashes water on her miss dorothy's like oh brian you're so sweet i could just eat you up and Brian's like, no. <laughs> so Matthew, Matthew comes and he takes Brian home, and that's the end of that scene. Um, Doctor Quinn is in bed in the next scene. It's very much like the previous, like at home scene. the 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 moon is in the sky. There's wolves howling. She's in her nightie, and she wakes up, and the ghost is in front of her, and she's like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "My name is Abigail." Um, so the ghost finally introduces herself to Dr. Quinn. Um, one thing I did notice in this episode is they leave it vague if Dr. Quinn is actually being haunted by a ghost or if it's just things she's dreaming. Because mm -hmm. um, every time you actually see the ghost, she's either in bed or like just woken up from bed and like might be like sleepwalking. Um, so the next day, she takes the rocking horse to to sully the one that she found in the crate and she wants him to like fix it up because she feels that you know this is why the ghost is haunting her um and sully is not having it sully's like you don't want me to fix up the house but you want me to fix up this rocking horse like like she's like well if you don't robert e will and he's like tosses it in the fire it's so dramatic sully is such a drama queen in the scene <laughs> um and and he's like why don't you want the house fixed up and she's like i just feel it's so permanent and you have to think in dr quinn's point of view she's living in the house the man that she's currently like courting i don't think they've gone courting yet but like the man that she's shown interest in he built this house for his wife and the child they were supposed to have together and now she's in there and she's like oh like this is awkward yeah, yeah. Um, so the next, the next scene, Brian is at school again and Colleen one is there and they're like playing ring around the Rosie and Jack's and, you know, whatever you play in like 1870 elementary school. And he's making a fool of himself. He's telling them that we've got witches and that Miss Dorothy's the witch. And the kids are, the kids are kind of believing him. He says, you don't believe me? Well, well, come tonight. I'll show you. I'll show you. And then like, I have notes here. Colleen is just rolling her eyes. She like rolls her eyes, takes a deep breath, grabs Brian and walks him away. Like, get out of here. Um, the next scene, Dr. Quinn visits Abigail's grave, Abigail Sully. Um, and she brings flowers. 
and she has Mr. Bray, Lauren Bray, who was Abigail's father, which I keep forgetting about. I, yeah. I always forgot like that because that was like in the pilot. And I, like I've watched the pilot like ages ago, but he um, he meets her at the grave and and um, she brought her her she Dr. Quinn brought Abigail's favorite flowers to the grave and he says that's very thoughtful um, and he starts telling Dr. Quinn kind of what type of woman she was you know she was quiet she was reserved. Um, and then Dr. Quinn's like, so basically the opposite of me. <laughs> um, and D Mr. Bray is laughing and she says, Lauren, I've been in this house for over a year and you haven't visited. Is it because it was Abigail's house? And then Lauren's just like, could be, or it could be that you just haven't invited me. And it's like, ooh, burr. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um. We then cut to Grace's diner, where a mysterious man is eating a plate of meatloaf. <laughs> and if you haven't caught on what's going to happen at this scene, you haven't been watching the episode. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's eating meatloaf, and Matthew comes in, and Grace is like, she flat out says, oh, there's, there's open tables, the rush has just passed. And Matthew sits down at this table with this stranger. And I'm like, there are open tables, Matthew. There are open tables. <laughs> um, and I wanted to point out how his hair was 90s hair. Like, mm -hmm. it. so Matthew had, like, the 90s, like, heartthrob haircut. The, like, JTT kind of haircut. Jonathan mm -hmm. Taylor Thomas. And it kind of takes me out of, like, shows that are set in, like, a certain time period when the hair or the clothing is very modern. Yeah. Um, Cause I've been watching with my mom, I've been watching when calls the heart, the Hallmark channel show mm -hmm. the first season, they do a pretty good job of having like semi period appropriate hair and costuming season two. They throw that all out the window. They are all wearing like modern haircuts, clothing from old Navy and the gap that kind of look 1910s ish. It's I'm just like, Okay, I'll suspend yeah. my disbelief, I guess. So Matthew with his 90s hair sitting at this table with this random man eating meatloaf and the man like slumps over on the table and Matthew's like, sir, 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 I would fake dead too if you sat next to me like without even asking right? at a restaurant. Yeah. And I know, I know there's a reason in the plot why her restaurant is all outdoors because like no one would rent a building to her or anything, yeah. but come on, you can't, you can't run that restaurant when it's rainy. You can't run that restaurant when it's and too like, hot. And like, this is the like, only restaurant in town. Everyone eats there and her food is so the, good. Like, come on, just rent her a building the, now. <laughs> it's the only, unless you want to eat like at the loon, because I think in the episode was that like, like there's food at the I'm like, what is Hank serving? Who cooks that? Does Byron cook it? Right? <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next scene, it's nighttime. It's right outside the general store, and all these kids are snooping around. Yeah. And I'm like, where are your parents? Hold all right. So where are these children's parents? It is probably like 10 p.m. They all live like in like the country so they had to walk out here so they're snooping in the windows and they see dorothy come in with what looks like a body with a sheet over it and they all freak out and run away um i love that colleen's there just to, like keep an eye on brian to make sure he doesn't like get into like any bullshit yeah <laughs> um she just like gets she like gets I'm like okay, um. So for anyone who knows, it is a dressmaker dummy that she's putting in the room. Like, but to the kids, like, oh my god, it's a boy! She's got a child. Um, they cut again to Doctor Quinn in in her bed. It's I'm like, oh god, she's having another dream. <laughs> so she's in bed again. And the ghost of Abigail goes up with the flowers, tosses them at her. My notes here, Abigail, don't want your flowers, Dr. Mike. 
And Dr. Mike's like, why are you haunting me? This isn't fair. And Abigail's like, listen, honey, you're living in the house my husband built for me. You have three beautiful children. I never got to see my child. She's like giving Dr. Quinn all sorts of like mama. I have a note here. This scene was written by a man. Two women, one a ghost, are fighting over Sully. Like, this is very, like, not the yeah. best. <laughs> like, 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 oh, this is, li- a man wrote this scene. Because it's too, like, they're fighting over Sully. It's like, like, but Dr. Quinn's like, we could have been friends. Um, And then we got to Brian, and he's breaking into Grace's room. Like, he's literally breaking into the all right so brian has broken in to dorothy's room at the gazette slash general store um the cat's there i keep forgetting to bring up that the cat's there because they probably filmed this on the same day that they all the other cat scenes um he goes to the dressmaker's dummy because he thinks it's a body i'll give him this he's being brave at this scene because first of all he broke into a potential witch's house so he pulls back the sheet over the dressmaker dummy and sees satan like it's a devil costume in front of him but it, it he knocks it over it falls on him he's screaming his head off and dorothy's like what's happening in here and he's like the devil the devil and the children that had followed him start chanting, witch, witch, witch. And they toss like rocks through the window, like, oh my God, you little pieces of right. <laughs> anyways. So so Dorothy walks outside to see what's going on. And one of the children who I think is famed 90s child actor Adam Wiley <laughs> oh, yeah. tosses water on her. Like a whole bucket of water on Dorothy. And Dorothy's like, what? What did I do? And so she goes back inside and, and like, all the kids are like, oh, oh no. Because <laughs> she didn't melt in front of them. So um, Brian goes in and they have a really touching scene. Like, I started crying when I was watching this. Because Brian kind of reveals that he misses his mom. And there's times where he thinks that she doesn't remember him because he's having trouble remembering her okay so brian is talking to dorothy about how he feels that his mother's forgetting him forgets what he looks like because she he's forgetting what she looks like and she didn't appear during the seance and he's like everyone did even abraham lincoln came to the seance and i'm just like I remember that line. Like, it stuck with me. So she tells this sweet story about how after Matthew and Colleen were born, his mom still wanted another little boy. And so she tried and tried, and Dorothy's like, maybe what you need is some luck. So one day after a picnic, Dorothy and their mother went out, and they looked for four-leaf clovers, and they found one, and she gave it to, um, she gave it to the mother, and they had Brian shortly after that. So she gives the four-leaf clover, which she had, you know, kept away in her family Bible. She gives it to Brian. It's a very sweet scene. Um, and I, like, I cried watching. Like, oh! <laughs> um, the next scene is the Halloween party. The, the, the moment we have all been waiting for, the Halloween party. So... They're showing the Halloween party. Everyone's bobbing for apples. There's jack-o'-lanterns. There's pumpkin pie. Grace's favorite, famous pumpkin pie, too. She mentions that. Like, oh, honey, you should come to the party. I'm going to have my famous pumpkin pie. Um, so they they do the Halloween costume contest. Third place is Grace, and she's dressed like a princess with like a little porcelain doll mask. Second place is Brian in the devil costume that Dorothy sewed for him. And first place is the Headless Horseman. So they this this big like horseman costume with a like football shoulders and stuff like over this man's head. Yeah. Way too way too um <clears throat> Way too detailed for 1870s Colorado Springs, but I'm going to allow it. Yeah. Uh, 
And then um, Jake Slicker's like, well, what's what's your name, sir? And he like hands like a dummy head to him. And I'm like, okay, okay. So he takes off the costume. Everyone screams because it's the dead man that most of them had seen. <laughs> and then he faints. So Dr. Quint in her, like, she's wearing like a sexy witch costume too. Like it's like low cut and like very like shows off her shoulders and her decolletage. And I'm like, Dr. Quinn, this is not an appropriate costume. Yeah. <laughs> so she rushes him to her clinic and she does, um, she, she does like her doctoring and she looks him over and she's like, sir, you have what we know as catalepsy. And she explains that it causes your blood, your your heart to slow down and you get cold and you fall over. Like you're, you go into a sleep, a deep sleep, and people think it's death. And um, there's, there's a really cute, a really cute line that he says here. Like, why did everyone scream when they saw me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Dr. Quinn's like, well, you had the scariest costume, of course. Um... Oh, I think our power is out. Uh oh. That, that explains Ooh. why. We... <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's Dr. Quinn. She's haunting me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so. When, when, hold on. When did Sleepy Hollow come out? Is that even like. Yes, it is. The legend of Sleepy Hollow is. Um, is true to the time frame because it was written in i want to say 1800 no 18 1818 no was it 18 it was written in like the early early 1800s because okay. i remember um sleepy hollow had their like 100th anniversary like 300th anniversary or something like that recently okay um um so beyond that they had um <clears throat> they cut to the house again one last time dr quinn's in she's like sleeping on a rocking chair and um she had brought the the rocking horse to she brought the rocking horse to her um to the grave of abigail kind of like to appease the ghost mm -hmm. and abigail's ghost appears to her and they have a conversation and she says, you know what, Abigail, we could have been real good friends. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that's sweet, Dr. Quinn. Um, and that's kind of the end of the episode. The last scene is her going outside and Sully's playing with the kids. And she says, you know what, Sully, I think I'm ready to start those house repairs. After all, we're going to need the new roof soon. And the kids the kids are like really i could have my own room and she's like yes yes you can when are we gonna start right now and then like fade to black oh it's a sweet scene we had everything they had everything in that episode they had ghosts they had a man who was dead walking around they had witches multiple a b and c plot lines there was multiple <laughs> you know? plot lines there was there was like everyone in the town had their moment except for Horace. Horace stayed today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. They had Adam Wiley. You they know? had Adam they had famed 90s child actor Adam Wiley. Oh my goodness. They, so Adam Wiley was a scare actor for Halloween Horror Nights. Like and like true. This is a true thing. Yeah, and no, I, I know, I know he was. It was like he was in like the purge scare zone. Yeah, and like I didn't know who he was, but like everyone was like obsessed with him and like uh John Murdy was like always putting him in like the video, the training videos and like I'm like why is everybody obsessed with this like one scare actor like who is he and why is he like so special or whatever, you know? And I was just like horribly confused by it and then I was watching like Children of the Corn, like part three. And I was like, oh my God, there's that guy. And the other day he was untouched by an angel. <laughs> and he was on, he was untouched by an angel. Yeah. He's Adam Wiley was like a big child. He was in yeah. everything. 
He was in um, Crayola Kids Present. He was in Picket Fences. He was he was on Doctor Quinn. He was in Touched by an Angel. He was like he was on Seinfeld. He was like, if you need like a precocious child, yeah. that's who you call. That was very much that's that's kind of he's like one of those character actors that places a product firmly in a time era. <laughs> Yeah. I love how these child actors are now like theme park actors now. Shout, <laughs> shout out to Adam Wiley. Shout out to Sean Tuvey. Yeah. Shout out to Colleen Wan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. Jane Seymour, if you're listening to this, shout out to you as well. <laughs> right, right. Dude, I was watching this documentary, or not this documentary, this interview with Jane Seymour the other day, and she was like, kind of like dropping the idea that they might bring dr quinn back and i was like do not play with my heart do not mess with my feelings jane seymour you know <laughs> she was saying like bring, making it like a modern like they're in like the 1900s now and like actual time has passed yeah so if they if they did pick it up it would be 30 it should be set like 30 plus years in the future yeah. Um. So that would be like 1900s. I feel that it would be about her daughter, Katie, or oh, even Colleen. Yeah. Like would, I feel like it would be about either of those characters. It. I. I would watch it. I'd watch the heck out of it. Oh, I. I totally watch it. <laughs> yeah. I would totally watch it. All uh, right, Bestie. You want to get started on your Halloween episode? Yes. I'll being like. Stay tuned for part two. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh.